Welcome to On the Bridge. I'm your host, Heidi Bianchi. Join me as we embark on a journey filled with insights on event planning, pop culture, and all things that excite me. Inspired by the name of my company, The Bridge Event Academy, this podcast offers a fun break for you to laugh and learn with me. Expect to hear from special guests who will provide their words of wisdom about events and life. As we sit together on the bridge, let's share stories and have some fun. This is my first podcast, so I'm thrilled to have you join me on this exciting new adventure. Let's sit on the bridge together. Today, we are on the bridge with my friend, Charlotte Fiorito. Charlotte is the CEO and chief photographer at Char Creative. Charlotte realized her passion for photography at age 11 after receiving her first camera. At San Francisco's Art Institute, she earned a Bachelor of Fine Arts before becoming the chief photographer at Six Flags Marine World. She worked at the California Academy of Sciences. She loves snowboarding when she's not behind the camera, and she's overall a great friend and human, and I'm so happy to have her here with me today, and we're in person. So let's sit on the bridge together with Charlotte. Welcome, Charlotte. Thank you, Heidi. I'm so stoked to be here. So we have known each other a long-ass time, Charlotte. I feel like we have just had a 20-year anniversary. Probably. Mm-hmm. So I remember the day you came into my little office in Richmond, and I think you had like a portfolio book and was like, please look at my work. And I'm sure I asked something like, do you do weddings? Because I don't know, that just seemed like a natural question I would have. And you're like, no, no, I do events. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's awesome. What brought you from your like 11 year old self to arriving in my office saying I do events? What led up to that point where you're like, I'm my own boss and I'm going to shine and own my amazingness? I thought that being a photographer was the coolest thing you could possibly right. be. Okay. So at age 11, I was like, I want to be that and I want to carry that thing around and take pictures of people. So my first little subject, yeah, it was my brother and my, my uh, St. Bernard dog. And um, we had know a little brother doesn't want to dress up for his big sis. And, you know, so we, we had a lot of fun. And that's how I, you know, learned to use, use the camera a little and also just work with people. And would you like stylize him or set him up? And like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, it was a whole thing. At the time, he was really into the village people. <laughs> Um, which was hysterical. He was mm-hmm. four years old because that's what little boys, you know, are into, right? Mm-hmm. Cowboys yeah. and everything. So we had a whole, you know, entourage of of costumes related to some of those characters, not all of them, but just, you know, so he loved to dress up. I loved to dress him up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would just have a blast in the backyard. And then I also the photographing my, my St. Bernard dog. And then at the time, you'd have to wait to get the film back, yeah. right? But it seemed like I was getting good feedback because I would go to that one-hour photo lab yeah, that every yeah. town had, or maybe right. it was the drugstore. In my drugstore. It was the little one-hour photo lab. Mm-hmm. And every time I go back there, my photos would be up on the wall. No. Uh, every time? Yeah. Like what you had or, just uh, taken? Not every single one, but, but a yeah. collection of uh-huh. photos would show up on the wall if they were landscape or you know, Right. And I thought, oh, geez, he must like, I, this must be good enough that he wants to show how good his prints uh-huh. are with my photos. Mm-hmm. And I was just like a little kid at that point. I was very touched and very into it. You know, when you have a camera, you have a license to sort of come out of your shell a little bit. Yes. And I so, totally you know, like many kids, I had a little, you know, shy sometimes. And boy, you throw a camera around your neck and people are open to talking to you. And so, it, it protects you a little. It's like you yeah. have a, like, your Wonder Woman shield. 
or Captain America shield, whatever. And then the other person is a little more open. Like it starts, it's an instant conversation yeah, starter, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, I did all the classic <laughs> high school stuff, you know, photography in high school that wasn't on yearbook. Right? No. Oh, I was going to ask, that. did you yeah, do yearbook? No. Yearbook. I was uh-huh. going to theater um, at the time yeah. and being in the theater program, which actually is very helpful when you're a photographer. Staging, lighting. Knowing how to switch hats and, you know, different sort of little personality types that you can hop on. If you have a shy person, you know, you're the nurturing person. Mm-hmm. So you know how to help people out when they're struggling, you know, being in front of a camera. Because I like, you know, we're getting off on a tangent, but like, for for example, headshots. I think getting a headshot is the equivalent of buying a bathing suit for women. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, yeah. Um, we don't like uh, it. It's kind of an inventory. <laughs> you know, we're getting far, far ahead of ourselves, but we can talk about headshots for a minute yeah. because I think there is a piece where do we even look in the mirror as women? I mean, we look to make sure like we don't have shit in our teeth, right. but like, are we like really taking that inventory that you're talking about? And this that headshot is like that, l- literally that lens of yeah. like, this is yeah. what I look like at this moment. Yeah, and and you know, for uh, those of us who are over forty. You know, mm-hmm. that starts to, your body starts to change and that's hard sometimes. Um, what I do with headshots, first of all, we use me as the model for all the lighting testing that we do to try to develop a really good uh, lighting recipe. Because I figure if it's going to look good on this 50 or eight year old, so, you know, person, then, uh, you know, it'll look good on everybody. So we have a little like secret sauce formula to make sure that everybody gets a jawline, for example. Yes. You know, we often yes. struggle with our, our profile. Not that we do profile photos, but, um, you know, we all struggle with that, especially women. I think that is universal. And it's something that, you know, I don't like in photos either. So I made sure that the lighting was going to look right. I tell you, I'm handing out jawlines like, okay, he's handing out cars in the 90s. Yes. I love that. So, yeah. and, and there, but like that relationship of like the person to person started like back on that stage in Jersey with theater yeah, a little exactly. bit. You're like, hey, uh-huh. When you're doing a, a like headshots or an environmental portrait session or a personal branding session, you, you can become that person's ally mm-hmm. and help guide them into helping uh, collaborating with me to make pictures that are just really going to, you know, tell your story. Yeah, in an instant. And going back to like the developed photos and how now, like my daughter went to prom and uh, she and her friends did a shared album. Let's say this was a four-hour evening prom. They had like a thousand photos. (laughs) Like how quickly the pace of change in life and like you, you were on that stage, we were waiting for our photos to be developed. And my mom would end up bringing like 10, 12 rolls at a time because it's like, oh, Mm-hmm. Here's all of them. And then she'd get them back. And it's like, now what do we do with these photos? You know, as far as other jobs for <laughs> other for clients back in the film days, let's see. Mm-hmm. I think generally they, since it was business to business, mm-hmm. generally they they would go with like a proof sheet, which would be all the photos uh-huh. on one piece of paper, very small. Frankly, I thought for more friendly because they're bigger. You can yeah. Yeah. Them. What are we looking at? Yeah. Yeah. My first jobs in photography, I hadn't earned a dime outside of photography since I was about 18. I was just obsessed with it as a kid, and I'm still, you know, obsessed with it. I'm still <laughs> in there. I want to talk to the photographers about this camera and that lens and da-da-da and <laughs> AI. And, you know, I'm still cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs on it. I love that. Um, after, I don't know, 30-something years of this. So what was your first paid gig then as a photographer? Well, my first paid gig was my first job. I worked in a photo lab, a black and white lab, oh, like, like the red light room. First, my first job was developing 
huge tanks of film on the reels, if anybody remembers what that looks like, in these silver tanks by hand. That was crazy. The With the film. chemicals and all that? I don't know. Yeah, I the chemicals, the whole nine. I'm the girl who's stirring the chemicals in that giant bat with like a oh, really? with like a pole. <laughs> I don't, I'm just thinking of like movies or something. Like this was like, real life. I mean, okay. You know, mm-hmm. this was, uh, you know, in the mm-hmm. 90s. So we were rocking a boombox and cassettes. To say uh-huh. to Sinead O'Connor <laughs> and calling in the US KUSF trying to get Sinead O'Connor. Oh, guess who wanna? Me. Of course you did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you were like in the room. So you knew how to like take the photo, develop it. Yeah, going in the dark room and p- pulling out that paper that cannot be opened up until the lights are out. And oh, the spinning, right. spinning door. It was a door that was like on a circle. So oh, so it would be dark. Uh, the door uh, we're in the dark side. So that was a blast. I was printing five or seven different things on my four and uh for professional photographers. Okay. While I was there, that was my college job while I was at the art institute. While I was there, one of our customers was a photographer from the California Academy of Sciences in Golden Gate Park, right down the street. Okay. I was working. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, do you have any? need for someone like me over there and as a matter of fact they did you put yourself out there too you were like hi plus that person was one of my classmates at the art institute so we kind of knew each other so um that's how i got my first uh you know photography job where i was the assistant photographer and the darkroom the art institute gave you a kind of a classic curriculum of fine art and not a lot of commercial art Mm -hmm. so i learned a lot of my commercial photography chops at the at the Academy of Sciences, where that job, you had to do portraits, you had to do uh, interior photography, architectural photography, animal stuff. I learned how to do events there for their fundraising event. And so it was the greatest job because I got paid to learn on the job training. And I have always had a fascination with the natural world, particularly animals. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to line up my little doll, all my little stuffed animals and sing talk to the animals because mm-hmm. that Dr. Guru was a giant movie. Mm-hmm. So for me to have this job at the Academy of Sciences that was animals, people. Animals, it was all your worlds all in one place. The greatest incubator and for me. Was it, the Academy was in a different spot than it was now, right? Wasn't it? It was always in that spot, but they have. Really oh, it was still. Okay. All right. I couldn't remember. Okay. But um, they redid it okay. after I left. Um, but what a wonderful place. I was surrounded by uh, other really passionate people like you know, the guy it. across the hallway, the herpetologist who's like, oh yeah, I'm all about this particular chameleon in Africa and that's all I study. Here so like super focused, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird things that, not weird, but things that are outside the mainstream of fascinations like a particular chameleon. Right, right, right. So um, it was fun to be around people like that who dedicate their entire lives to studying the natural world. So you had been around animals and photographing live animals at the Academy? The Academy, yeah. yeah. They, okay. they have an aquarium. Oh, right. right. They, have, <laughs> yes. uh, they have, in the aquarium, there's snakes and lizards, mm-hmm. herpetology, and also they have penguins. And so right. one of the best things I got to do once was to photograph the penguins in their environment while we're in waders. So don't slip. Because <laughs> I'm up there with the camera. So you're in the water. I'm in the water. Okay. The guests are behind me. I'm behind the glass. And they're like, who's this lady? And I was told to make friends with the penguins. You would offer them a twig that they gave me. The penguin uh-huh. just gave me some twigs. And they like to offer them a twig. They'll take it in their beak and they'll bring it back to their um, nest. 
Mm-hmm. And they had specific nests that were only theirs. Okay. And they made for life. So them mm-hmm. and their spouse would, you know, put the thing and that's how you're going to make friends. Well, one of them, I reached out to give him the stick. I don't know if it was him or uh-huh. And instead, he grabbed the flesh between my thumb and forefinger and shook it really hard. <laughs> it was <laughs> my dude. Uh-huh. To it. They're just going to grab that flesh. Uh-huh. But it was so cool to be, you know, you know, up in front of all the, you know, little Kate, little um, nests and stuff. And that parlayed you over to... Yes. Marine World? Yes. Uh-huh. Someone in the education department said, hey, Shara, there's a job over at Marine World in mm-hmm. Vallejo. And uh, that's about 29 miles away from, 30 miles away from San Francisco. Right. So you never did the Marine World here nope. in Redwood it Shores. Okay. Yeah. Oh, then moved. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That was like National Geographic in my own backyard. <laughs> and man, you were interested right? in uh-huh. photographing animals in the Bay Area. That was the place to do it. And, and that was a dream job. I, I worked there for for a couple of years and I was, I was the photographer. I wasn't the assistant. And you had like a best friend you made there that was an animal or no? Oh, I made quite <laughs> best friends. I had two <laughs> primate best friends. One was Maggie, the chimpanzee mm-hmm. who had an actual crush on me. Mm-hmm. She loved me. And if she would see mm-hmm. me far away, she would, you know, cause she would walk around the grounds with her keeper. She would always run up to so me, cute. hug me. Check my hair, things like that, groom me. She liked um coffee in the morning. So she would come into our office and he would bring her some coffee. And then he I remember once he said, Do you guys have any happy house? Because she doesn't prefer the cream of the <laughs> <laughs> you go maggie also, maggie maggie would have been a barista we were about to go take some photos and we passed by this soda mm-hmm. machines and he said oh let's get maggie a soda mm-hmm. that means a beverage and she picked the flavor she liked you know okay. she just hit it with her fist she went sun that day i'm like yep yeah. and then another friend mm-hmm. i had was ruby the orangutan who was a baby like carried around initially mm-hmm. and then by the end of the two years she was you know full grown the fun thing about that was before any photo shoot her trainer would um, moisturize her little hands and moisturize his own hands and then mm-hmm. he uh, pulled out a chapstick he held it up to me, held it up to me. I'm like, I'm good. I mean, it was like nonstop, whether it was tiger cubs being born. And I was literally three feet away from the white tiger with blue eyes giving birth to tiger cubs that look like super burritos. Or, you know, being friends with like a two-toed sloth. Then fast forward, you're like with Elton John. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. The best career and uh-huh. job continues to be the best job ever because it is mm-hmm. literally never a dull moment. I've just been so fortunate. Yeah, so after the academy, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, after Marine World, they got bought by a parent company, okay. and then I became working for the freelance. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, you know, started working on my own and started my own business. That continued to be exciting, whether I'm like photographing the Olympic torch and nobody, and it, it's gone rogue and it's off off the route. <laughs> <laughs> that happened once, and um, you know, or some luminaries thanks to the event work I do mm-hmm. some just luminaries that are personal heroes of mine Elton John Steph Curry oh Steph, yeah yeah Aisha's Curry's birthday party mm-hmm. oh my god just so many luminaries and you know I worked in the city a lot city city and county of San Francisco city hall right and so I got to photograph a lot of people getting keys to the city like oh, Steph right. Curry when he was much younger and Tony Bennett getting the key to the city. Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. I just pissed off Mort Saul. 
the, the famous comedian from Days of Yore, who's yep. who I was trying to edge him out of like the photo because he wouldn't <laughs> let Tony Bennett alone, and I had to get Tony with the mayor. And so you're yeah. you're still photo directing like you were with your brother, but now oh, it, now it's like Tony Bennett or whoever. Yeah, yeah. Tony and one guy, and Tony. And yeah, I need a variety pack. You need the variety need pack. Sampler. And yes. That's what I try to do for my you know all the time when I'm photographing mm-hmm. is give my clients a Whitman sampler or a variety pack of. Of photos and, and types of types of types of um, and you got to do a lot of the parades for the Giants mm-hmm. and the Warriors. Yeah, that first victory parade when the Giants were the that, one wasn't that just after quite a span yes. of time was just incredible. Energy uh-huh. was insane. Yeah. It was snowing. It mm-hmm. was snowing orange, black, and, and white, mm-hmm. and uh, that was exciting. So and then also, you know, there are so many aspects of an event that will for, will make or bake your photography coverage and not almost of that is completely out of my control so you do you do with what you have but the first parade they did the players rode in um cable cars the motorized oh cars. right mm-hmm. so that meant they were visually very accessible mm-hmm. and they could hop off very easily oh, right. amazing i could get amazing pictures of the interacting with of the, the crowd, crowd yeah and all their jubilance mm-hmm. jubilance moments and stuff mm-hmm. um and then um for security reasons i think subsequently uh both the giants and the warriors have now gone onto the tops of open face buses which keeps them safe and it's much better, but it, it does not give rise to, to as many amazing photo moments because they're up there. And you're them. down below. And I'm not sure. It's a blue sky and they're right at that mm-hmm. bus. And, you know, anyway, yeah. so it, the first year was the very first um, victory pick for the Giants. That was the golden one because right. they, you could just, you know, the players were, were on the street. It was amazing. So you photographed a lot of speakers panels, general sessions. So we've talked for sure many times about microphones and photography and where you hold a mic when you're speaking and when you're where you place it when you're not speaking. And there's like generally a trend of like where that mic falls uh, into your lap when you're not speaking. Do you do you would you like to use yes, your yes. words to like describe that? I, I hope it's okay that I, I bring that up, but I do feel we're that, we're making generalizations yeah, here. Mm-hmm. You're observant. Yeah, yeah what so. I've noticed on panel discussions is for the most part, um that guys will just, in a, you know, inadvertently not thinking, will just hold that microphone in, a, in an unfortunate place in their laps, mm-hmm. in an unfortunate angle in their laps, that I think will give rise to memes. Like, like those yeah, photos yeah. That we're out in right. the public. The floppy mic the, syndrome? Well, uh-huh. The floppy or the non-floppy. Yeah. Which work. I don't, frankly don't know which is worse. The hand on that microphone in that space is just never a good, it's no. just not a good, it's not a good story. It's a story that you can take two ways. Yes. So I try to, if possible, crop that out. Right. But if I have the time and it's appropriate, I will introduce myself very quickly to the panel mm-hmm. so that they're getting mic'd up and just going to be here. Am I photographing you? Please be aware of where you place your mic. And I will demonstrate why visually that might be. And they get that. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Thank and you very I much. Uh, I won't do that ever again. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm the only photographer that 
notices or tries to. We've discussed it. I, I, I would hope that this is like a tips and tricks for your tips event and tricks. photography, yes, yes. like general session uh, speaker panel. Well, you're setting up your shot every yeah. time, right? Yeah. You yeah. you're coming into it with that design eye that you had with your brother. Yeah. And I'm going to just like tie it all back in because yeah. I think all those little moments bring us to where we are today. And the on-site learning, you just have to fail a few times or like not get it a thousand percent the way you want it. And That's then you're well. yeah. right. And then yeah. you're like, oh, next time I know I could. Uh, 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 mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, every time I go into a new event space, well, every new event space is new because it's lit differently. Every it's time, right? Mm-hmm. It's different, et cetera. So yep. every, you know, it's a great, if you like to problem solve on the fly, it's a great job. And that's fine for me because I know what to do by now and make suggestions before the production starts. You know, hey, if we did this a little, then the plant wouldn't be growing out of your CEO's head when you Correct. I often tell people at the root of my job is I'm in the noticing business. Yep. Like it's my job to observe, mm-hmm. notice. And decide whether that is some, like if I'm doing candid photography or, you know, general sessions and stuff, mm-hmm. decide is this a moment that I'm going to collect for my client to save for later. My job is always make a photo that doesn't need a caption. Visually. Visually, visually yep. caption not needed. Of course, caption is always helpful. That's fine, but yeah. if I really feel like I've succeeded in a picture, I've caught that moment and the essence of what the client's story is trying to be, whether it's collaboration, networking, support, nurturing, empathy, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I would think in your event journey, there has been moments where maybe you were the only woman near the stage, capturing what was happening on the stage. And I'm thinking you have been like literally front row to seeing that change a little bit. A little bit. I want to be more optimistic and bring the good news. Okay. Because I've been observing, you know, I've been photographing in San Francisco for like a good 30 years. Maybe there's three other more women on the Mm -hmm. uh, press riser. But what you're seeing on the stage. Oh, on the stage. So, yeah, next to you is probably still a little more mixed. Yeah. You know, not just gender equity, but, you know, all of the equities. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm seeing more of that. And that's something. you know, where people's workforces are really being represented. And that's something that's always been very important to you. Oh, 100%. You as, love- as a woman who's in also in a male-dominated industry like photography, mm-hmm. um, I'm super empathic to all, all, women in business in general. I just, it's not just tech. It's, it's everything. Look at the statistics. So I'm like a woman's photographer. I mean, if there is a picture of you that is not stellar, it is going in the can. If you've got a hair, I'm like, sis. Exist, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I uh-huh. just feel like yeah. it's hard enough to be a woman in business and nobody needs like not le- anything less than amazing. And you're not going to dull their shine. You oh, want that. Yeah. You're there to like amplify the shine. It's mm-hmm. epiphany a few years ago mm-hmm. when, you know, I, I do a lot of networking coverage, you know, mm-hmm. and I realized that as I'm editing the photos afterwards, that yeah, there's a there's predominantly you know guys in this, in this mm-hmm. collection of pictures. But then I realized like I had to look for the women a little harder. Once I did, I realized like I have to make sure that these folks are included, even though they might be the minority in the group. I mm-hmm. have to make sure that they were they are equally represented because if you can't see it, you yeah. can't dream it. Yeah. And I feel super strongly. I'm, you know, I was raised by a feminist from the '60s and the '70s, and a little Junior Ms. magazine T-shirt when I was a kid. I still believe that in a global sisterhood, and I feel like it's my responsibility as a female photographer to make the, getting your photo taken easier for women than it's been. 
which we all appreciate. So yeah. Thank you for that. So give me your biggest like celebrity, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm photographing X person. You can give me like a top three if you want or two, five. My person would be Elton John. Okay. Yeah. I'm just I'm a personal fan of Elton John. <laughs> and I've gotten photographed two times, which oh, was yeah. amazing. On his green room, meeting his little dog. Photographing him and then the, uh, you know, the C C level execs from the company that, that brought him in. Mm-hmm. Tony Bennett. I mean, legendary, Icon. Legendary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even just be breathing the same air as that guy, let alone Well, especially your San Francisco. I mean, you you've kind of split your life, but a lot of it is you're a San Francisco girl now. Yeah, so I've spent 19 years in New Jersey and more than yeah. And, <laughs> or, I don't know, yeah. Math, but more life in New Jersey. Yeah. You know, and he's Mr. San Francisco. Oh, yeah. So you're he like, is, he's Italian. I'm Italian. Yeah. So he's, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, that was amazing. And Steph Curry, you know, I mean, he's a mm-hmm. local celebrity and, uh, but he has a, he also has a, um, foundation a yeah. mm-hmm. and I get to work, I get to work for him in that capacity too. I think he's an overall pretty good human they're too. <laughs> such a nice yeah. Just That's a family. pretty good top three. Yeah. I'm going to give you some yeah. claps for that. I pinch myself a lot yeah. at my job mm-hmm. and I'm from back in the eight track days. A lot of those stars from my childhood are now coming back. Of course. And that of course is even more meaningful. It's like, I had you on set, man. Earth, Wind and Fire. I literally said to them, I had you on eight track. It's yeah. the first radio ever from Radio Show. Aldo brought them up on when we talked about Earth, Wind and Fire and how like he was driving them around and just like, I can't believe I'm in a car with Earth, Wind & Fire. It's pretty cool. And that was a doubleheader with Chicago. Yeah. Remember? Which to me was... Come on. Like... 70s heaven. Right. Before we go, I have two final ones. So what would you tell 11-year-old Charlotte with the new camera sitting in your shoes right now? Just being like, hey, little Char. Well, in the words of Dr. Seuss, it would be, oh, the places you've gone. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yes, yes. Because I don't, I could not have imagined listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire on my A track when I was 11. <laughs> right. Radio Shack, mm-hmm. that I would be photographing as an adult and hanging out in the same room with them talking to me. Mm-hmm. So, or that I'd be photographing Tigers being born or hanging out, getting hugs from baby orangutan. So I like that. I was not meant to like work in a queue. No, it's fine. I, mean, I love this. Yes. Yeah. It's the perfect, uh, it's a perfect career for a person like me. I love that. So if someone wants to get in touch with you or they're like, huh, I wonder if I need an event photographer, what would you tell them and be like, here's how you reach me kind well, of thing. Easiest thing to remember. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And Shark Creative. There you go. Yeah. Easy. That's my email address. So that's what it helped. And when do you think people need an event photographer? I think you need an event photographer. If you need photos to create demand for your next year, if this is an annual event, mm-hmm. you need photos uh, that are evergreen photos to help you, you know, um, promote it the next year. So my job as a event photographer in general is creating FOMO pictures. Like, so people look at like those that. photos who missed it and went, I'm not missing it this year. I'm going to that conference. I'm going to that day long, that offsite mm-hmm. summit or the event, the mm-hmm. blockbuster event. Mm-hmm. So if I have, if I don't create FOMO pictures, I fail my client. So oh. I want pictures that are going to make me go, I want to be there. That was lit. I miss that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So FOMO, I'm in the FOMO business. I love that. Well, thank you, Charlotte. I feel like we could have 10 more conversations just like this and learn more about you and your business. But thank you for doing this one with me today. Thanks for 
inviting me. And uh, thanks everyone for, we're going to hop off the bridge now and enjoy the rest of, or dive off. And what do we want to do? Splash off? We're going to slide off the bridge. Slide off the yeah, bridge. Okay. Slide. Have a good day.